Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Word this morning. If you're like, are we done yet? No! Not done yet. What are you talking about? We're just getting started in a series called Last Days, Best Days. And, uh, boy, we've seen a lot happen in this world since I started this series. But things were pointing this way anyway. And uh, people ask me, do you think these are the last days we're living in? You might not have people ask you that question, but since I'm a pastor and I talk to a lot of people, it's a question I get every once in a while. And I think we are living in the last days. That's my opinion. But it's a strong opinion. And it's based on a lot of Scripture. And it's based on where we're living at right now in our world. Do I know that for sure? Of course I don't know that for sure. No man knows the day nor hour. But you ask me my opinion. I can give it. But on the other hand, I know one thing for sure. You're living in your last days, and I'm living in my last days. So we know, are we agreed on that? Absolutely. Now, what's last days? Listen, guys. I mean, this scripture in Revelation was given over 2,000 years ago. So we're in our last days. I mean, if it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, but somewhere along in there, most of us are going to be gone. Amen. So we need to live as if this is our last days, and it'll change the way you live your life. But what about the last days? What the Bible has to say about the last days, the coming of Christ, and things that are going to take place on this earth uh, prior to that. Let's check it out. Last days, best days. Let's go, Raj. We'll roll this morning, see what we can find. And I use this big screen if it's your first time or you're tuning in online for the first time. If you're tuning in online, you got that big screen pops up on your TV right now, probably. But... Uh, we're in a series, Last Days, Best Days. I use this big screen. Scriptures will pop up. I'll be able to speak about it. And no two messages are ever alike. I just try to put my heart into it as I do them. And we'll see what happens today. Today's title of the message is Devastation in the Last Days. Say that with me. Devastation in the Last Days. Economic Collapse. How many think that uh, the world's economy is in a world of hurt and could collapse. I'm just, it's just your opinion. That's about uh, 50 to 70% in the room. If I'd asked that question 20, 30 years ago, the hands wouldn't have gone up like that. We're in some crazy times right now. This message today, devastation in the last days, economic collapse, is the black horse. The black horse. And this isn't stuff I've made up. I mean, I'm not smart enough to make this stuff up, okay? You're like, you're spooky. You're making stuff up. No, we'll go to the Bible and we'll see it in the, in the Word of God today, okay? The black horse is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, that word apocalypse can scare people. Apocalypse, apocalypse. It's the same exact word for the word revelation. It could be the four horsemen of the revelation, and both of those words simply mean revealing or unveiling of things to come. So the four horsemen who unveils things to come in the last days. Now, is that spooky the way I just said that? Four horsemen in the book of Revelation are an unveiling of things to come in the what? Last days. So we're on horse number three today. That'll be the black horse. The first one was the white horse. Deception in the last days. Y'all think any of that's out there? You know what's sad? This is sad. It's sad. And I say it with a sad heart. It's sad 
when you live in a country, the great country, the United States, like we are, and you don't know when politicians are telling you the truth and they're lying to your face. That's a sad state of affairs. And you might call me un-American for saying that. I'm sorry that I have a brain. But it's sad. When we used to not question things like the FBI or the CIA or, you know, it's just crazy. You know, our politicians, but so many of them have been so far removed from real life, it ain't even funny. And they're making decisions that here regular folk are working in this country, but they have no idea how regular folk live. It's just a sad state of affairs. It's sad to know with this war going on. You might not like me at all after my intro. But uh, with this war going on, it's sad. Uh, you know the, one of the number one ways to bring a country together? Take a wild guess. I would say it's the number one way. You want a country to get together. Am I saying we're going to get involved in a war? But I'm not saying we are. It would not surprise me if there aren't politicians in a back room somewhere thinking this way. That's sad. Is that sad or what? Yes or no? It's a sadness sickening. But so the first, red ho- the first horse, white horse, was deception, speaking of Antichrist. Well, the Antichrist spirit, we gave a whole message on that. Second one was war. Y'all remember that? Two weeks ago, and now is, is, you know what they're saying on the news now? I never heard this in my whole life, I've n- and I've been a student of this. I've never heard news anchors like I'm hearing today talking about the possibility. You finish the statement of World War This isn't some, I mean, when, when conservatives and liberals are saying the same thing, you better watch out. Because you're hearing it no matter what station you listen to sometimes. What's happening now in Ukraine? And by the way, there's wars going all over this planet. The spotlight right now is the one in Ukraine. And it's a horrible situation. It could be. But here's what's bad about it. This isn't Iraq. This ain't Afghanistan. This is Russia. Oh, Russia's no big deal. They only have the economy of Texas. Yeah, but excuse me. They are all, we're only 1% more of nuclear weapons than they have. Big, bad America, and I love our country, 1% more than Russia? And then China. China, we have 2% more nuclear weapons than China. How does that make you sleep at night? What I'm trying to say, guys, we're seeing things happen before our very eyes that you might say, why do we care about Ukraine? Well, I get it. I'm, I'm with you. I've been to Ukraine many, many times. I love the people of Ukraine. I've been over there, walked those streets. I've had a great time there, preaching the gospel many times. But uh, it's important because we're part of a, a treaty, an agreement with something called NATO. You ever heard of NATO? And uh, there are several nations that are involved in NATO, France, Germany, England, etc. But there's some new ones on the block. Romania, which is right next to Ukraine. You've got the Baltic states. They're just little tiny countries. They're part of NATO. Well, what's that got to do with us? If they are attacked, we are bound by treaty to enter that war. Did y'all just hear what I said? We are bound by treaty to go to war against Russia. And now Belarus has joined Russia. So you might say, what's this got to do with me? Well, I'm from, I'm from North Carolina. I grew up 40 miles from Fort Bragg. I still have a home over that way. And uh, might not affect you, but it did affect about 14,000 from Fort Bragg. 
Tell them I said hello. Amen. Put them online. Let's talk to them. It's okay. It's okay. It's, I'm just playing because we may as well just make fun of it. How about that? My point is, guys, do you see what I'm saying? Are these the last days? Well, I think they are. I'm going to live like they are. I don't think there's a thing wrong with that. If I anticipate the Lord's return and things could be happening to point to that end, and if I live more for Him and love Him and love people more, I think that's a good thing. And I'd rather have my head up than my head down. Amen. That's the, that's the joy that we have as a believer in Christ. Amen. So today's message, I know I'm a little all over the place, but it's okay. Today's message is on the black horse. That's the third one. Amen. Now, the second horse we went over was the red horse, which I believe represents dissension and war. First one, deception, antichrist, antichrist spirit. Second horse, dissension, war. We've talked about that in the last days. An open and unbelievable hostility will break out as never be, as seen before. The first time ever in the history of NATO, NATO troops now have been called up. And part of NATO troops means American soldiers. So they will be part of this war. Y'all understand that or not? That just happened. Okay? Is this that big war? I don't know. Could it be? Absolutely. Absolutely. With China? You think China's on Russia's side or our side? They're on Russia's side. How about Iran? Yeah. How about, how about any of the most Muslim countries? Absolutely. Who we got? Israel. Listen, Israel, which is the most hated country on the face of the earth. They've been wanting Israel gone forever. And we're Israel's best friend. And they're our best friend. Supposedly. Who else do we have? We got Germany. That doesn't make you sleep well at night. England. You know you're in trouble when Boris Johnson and Macron are having more to do with solving this situation than we are. Excuse me. It's my opinion. I mean, we're just, it's just, those are some of our allies. India is an ally of ours. Do y'all know that? India is a big nuclear power. But India came out and they don't know what side they're on right now. What? few weeks ago I said that. I don't think India nor Pakistan. They hate each other, so I don't know what side they're going to come down. I'm just saying, is it the making of a mess? Yes or no? And I'm not going to spend all day talking about this. I'm just setting the table. How about what's the Bible say about last days? Well, red horse, there'd be an all-out war. And there's no doubt among thinking people for the possibility of a catastrophic all-out war, especially in the Middle East. Because a lot of this is going to culminate around Israel in the last days. So it can and will happen. But when? But when? Okay? Not sure when. We don't know, but Jesus said it this way. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 24. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Jesus privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? What a question. And Jesus answered, Take heed that no man what? What was the first horseman? Deception. 
Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall do what? Not a whole lot different than what the four horsemen were showing in the book of Revelation, which Jesus gave that too. Number two, you shall hear of what? Wars. What, what horseman was that? The red one. Dissension. War. You shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be what? Famines. What happens after war? Famines. Economic devastation. That just happens to be what color horse? Black. That's what we're talking about in just a minute. Pestilences, disease, all that increases with war, war war-torn areas. Y'all hear me? In different places, and these are all the beginning of sorrows. And by the way, the, the last days are portrayed as a woman having a baby. These are the beginning pains of the time of sorrows, like a woman having a baby. The last days being birthed. So here we go. Are y'all all right? Have y'all left me yet? Y'all okay? If you're first time, you're like, this guy is spooky. Clark is crazy. Well, let's see. Let's see if we can learn something today. The four horsemen of the apocalypse, or the four horsemen of the, Re- of the revelation, or the four horsemen of the unveiling. The four horsemen. Today, say it with me, the what? Can y'all help me one more time? The what horse? The... Okay. We're studying the Scripture now. We've already had several Scripture. The third horseman of the apocalypse is the black horse, which I believe represents devastation and famine. You might say, well, who are you? Well, I'm from Rockingham. I know. That's why we don't want to believe you. And I understand that. But the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the way that I believe it and the way I'm presenting it, is backed by most solid theologians who've studied the book of Revelation, who've studied Old Testament prophecy. That's a whole lot smarter than me, who've studied the uh, Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and 25. So what I'm saying is the way I'm presenting this is probably the most solid way you're going to get it presented. Okay? Because I don't want to go crazy on you. I'm crazy enough. So let's go with it. Back to Revelation 6, verse number 5, because we've already studied verses 1 through 4. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. Say it with me. And I beheld, help me, and lo, a... Is that in the Bible? Well, yeah, it is. And he that sat on him, say this with me. The, the rider on that horse had a what? A pair of balances in his hand. What? And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. See that you hurt not the oil and the wine. I mean, to a casual reader, you'll go like, what the heck? What is this? And I understand that. That's why we try to compare Scripture with Scripture. So we can have a better understanding. So let's do that today. So as a result of the horrible bloodshed that takes place to an all-out devastating war, what follows a war like that? Devastation and famine. Y'all hear me? 
Did you know Ukraine, I think I could be wrong with this, but I think I might be right. They're like the number one producer of produce, farmlands and things. I've been there many times. And they're just beautiful farmlands and things like that. But I didn't know they're like the breadbasket of Europe. Wonder how the farmers are doing right now. You think the farmers are farming? Probably not. What I'm saying, this is a result of war. This is what happens with war. You're not growing things and making things and do what you used to, what, do what you used to do. So devastation will follow. This war will not only kill millions of men, women, and children, but it will destroy valuable farmlands. Bingo. Demolish manufacturing and merchandising business. Am I saying that's what's happening now? I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're getting a glimpse of what could happen. Y'all hear me or not? Not only will untold numbers of people be killed in the last days of this war, but the economy will be what? How many would say the economy seems pretty shaky now? How many would raise their hand and say, the economy's sort of shaky right now? Did I pay y'all money to raise your hand? No. I'm just saying. If I asked that question two, three years ago, not a hand would have gone up. Maybe 30, 20, 40, 50, your hand would have. But today, every hand. These are unusual days we live in. Yes or no? It's not that hard to do this. What I'm doing right now, preach this passage. It's only natural that devastation and famine will follow. So when he opened the third seal, I saw a black horse. He that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand, etc. So let's look at that first. I saw a what color horse? One more time. I saw what color? One more time. What does that mean? White. Not everybody that rides a white horse is a good guy. Remember that? Red. The color of fire. Remember we went into that last week? And you think about wars today. Think about this being written 2,000 years ago and the imagery of fire. I mean, they don't have a clue 2,000 years ago what we can see now come out of tanks and bombs and nuclear weapons. You talk about fire, unbelievable fire that can take place in a war. It's unbelievable. So today, the black horse, let's look at that word black. The word black, can you say black? I mean, we live in a world today, if you say black, you almost feel bad. That's crazy. Is that crazy or what? Come on. The word black or blackness is found 23 times in your Bible. It describes the sky, hair, cloth, marble, skin, night, raven, seeds, and horses. Black. So what's the black horse mean? Well, as you study carefully black and blackness and the history of the word black, more often than not, it speaks of darkness. Did you just hear what I said? The Israelites used blackness to signify what? The what? Mourning of men due to what? Scarcity, want, and famine. So as you're studying the Bible, you see white, red, black, and you start to look at the etymology and the meaning of that word black, and you start to look at it through history, you start to see black has something to do with 
famine. Did you all hear me or not? Just trying to make sense. Jeremiah, Judah mourns and the gates thereof languish. They are black unto the ground. The cry of Jerusalem is gone up. Lamentations. This is interesting. Our skin was what? Black like an oven. Weren't, weren't black like an oven because that was the color of your natural skin. No, it was black like an oven because that's what happens when you starve to death. Your skin turns black. Y'all hear me? So the black horse speaks of famine. I'm just trying to make the case so you don't forget it. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses. As horsemen, so shall they run. Joel, like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains, shall they leap. Here's an interesting thing about this passage. Just think about written this about 3,000 years ago. And look at the way we fight wars today. And just imagine as a prophet, you're trying to see things in the future as the Lord has given it to you. But modern warfare, like the noise of chariots on the top of mountains, shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devours stubble. Sounds like current modern warfare to me. And a strong people sit in battle array. Before their face, the people, sit with me, shall be much what? Pained. Say it with me. All faces shall gather blackness. So it speaks of famine, scarcity, starvation. Isn't this a terrible message today? That's why churches don't preach. How many of you have never been in a church where they preach this? Let me see some hands. You've never one time. So you think, I'm a lunatic. You can't build a church like this, they'll tell you. Can't talk about this stuff. Why wouldn't I? Honest to goodness, it makes better sense of the news than about anything I can see. Yeah, thank the Lord for the Word of God. I think the Word of God's great. Do I understand it all? No, I don't understand it all, but we're trying. I know a lot of y'all wish y'all, you wouldn't want to be up here trying to do this right now. I'll tell you that right now. So, do we understand now a better meaning of the word black? Yes. Okay, it usually speaks of darkness, but more often than not, it speaks of famine. Okay? And now this rider on this horse, what did he have in his hand? He had a what? He had a pair of balances in his hand. Don't you think we should look at that? Well, I talked to my resident Greek scholar. Dean, are you in the room? There you are. You're leaving, aren't you? What are you doing? Why are you leaving? Listen, you're the one that told me this word, zugon. But how do you say it in Greek? Zugon, yes. How do you say it? Zugon. All right, now you can leave. Go ahead. You ought to be thankful I got this woman that works for me all these years. Yeah the, yeah, the Greek word is zugon in this passage to describe this balance thing, the scale in his hand. What does that mean? Well, it literally, that word means the yoke or like it would be on an oxen. Do you see it right there? See it? That yoke is having those two oxen sort of balanced as they work the meal. So it's a beam of balance. That's what that is. When you look up this Greek word, what's that got to do with famine in the last days? That's a good question. On each side of the beam would be a pen. How many have ever seen these things before? You've seen a balance. You've seen it before? A little weighing thing. Yeah, so I'm not talking crazy, am I? You're like, if you want a pound of something, you put a pound weight over here, and you put all your seeds over here when it equals about that. And if you've got a good person, they'll give you a little extra. 
Amen? So he, the, the rider held a pair of balances in his hand. The black horse, famine. From ancient times to about a hundred years ago. That's how fast the world's changed. Did you know that's how things were sold, bought, and sold up until about a hundred years ago? In the world, did you, a lot of places in the world still use this. They're not quite as with it as we are. That's how you bought. How many remember going to a store and buying stuff just like this? Let me see some hands. Look at that. Look at me. Probably 30% of your crowd. What does that mean, though, in this passage? Well, from about a thousand, uh, up until about a thousand, uh, hundred years ago, the value or quality of things were weighed on what? On scales. This is what they did. Okay? People bought or sold items by weight or by measure, not based on what? Currency like we buy today. Okay? So this is really applicable. What does it mean, though? Black horse. Famine. We've already seen deception and war, and what naturally would follow would be devastation and destruction and suffering and pain. When scales are mentioned in measuring bread... Keep this in mind, because that's what it said. A measure of wheat for a penny, etc. When scales are mentioned in measuring bread, say it with me. It is a symbol of scarcity. Because bread would normally be sold by the loaf, not its exact weight. I don't want, that to, I don't want you to lose that. So the writer having these scales portrays Hard times. Scarcity. People are even weighing bread. That's crazy, ain't it? We don't understand that in this country, do we? Yes or no? We don't understand stuff like this. I don't care how hard you grew up. We don't understand what this is like. During a famine, however... After a war like this in the last days, each ounce of flour would be extremely important and valuable and would be rationed by what? Weight or measure. Can you imagine being that impoverished, yes or no? That you go and all you can get is a little flour. Y'all hear me? That's what I believe this is portraying. Leviticus and when I've broken the staff of your bread, ten women shall break your, bake your bread in one oven. They shall deliver you bread again by what? Wait. Say that last part with me. And you shall eat and not be what? Famine. You eat, but you're still starving to death. This is what this is showing in the last days. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, behold, I will break the staff of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by what? Wait, and with what? I don't know about you, when I eat, ha! It's never with much care. How many are like me? I mean, you just gobble stuff down. Anybody like that? I just, when? That people look at me and say, where'd that go? I'm like, I don't know. Well, during these times, it won't be like that. And that's not the way it is, guys. Did you know about 1,200 children die every hour? In our world because of starvation. 1,200. Oh, and war. War-torn places of our world. 
We don't see it because we're in we're where? We're in the United States of America. Can we thank God we live in America again? Let's go. Come on. Thank God you live in America. Amen. We're blessed. Who blessed America? Take a wild guess. God blessed America. But who knows, in the, in the scope of end time things, and maybe in a few weeks I'll tell you what I really think. But our days might be numbered. We've been here for a purpose, to spread the gospel around the world. And it seems like America's getting away from that. We'll do that at our own peril, I believe. They shall eat bread by weight and with care and say it with thee. They shall drink what? Water by what? Can you imagine being so in famine that you even have to have the little bit of water you get weighed? Wow, it'll make every one of you think when you turn that spigot on from here on, won't it? That's why things like this are important to preach to the church. Helps me thank God that I've got what I got. Isn't that good stuff? I know it's I know it's a bit rough, but it, it is what it is. And with astonishment, keep going, buddy. You're killing me. We know you're really the slow one here. <laughs> you're very long-winded, Raji. Here we go. <laughs> the black horse. So we've looked at black. We've looked at the scale. We've tried to make sense of it. Yes or no? But wait a minute. He said, a measure of wheat for a penny. Three measures of barley for a penny. So he didn't just stop with the scales and the black horse. That would have been fine. But he seems to go ahead and double down on what's really happening here. A measure is equal to our what? Quart. Hang in here with me. A penny was a Roman denarii. That just doesn't mean a penny like you and I get. It means a whole day's wage. It was a whole day's wage. So, hmm, what's that mean then? Okay, one quart of wheat will sell in the last days for an entire day's wage. Is that crazy? And a quart is just what's needed for a normal man to survive. So, work all day. And not enough to take care of your family. Hardly enough just for you to not starve to death. Last days. In a Roman times, a day's wage would buy about eight quarts of wheat. Because Roman times weren't necessarily the greatest times either, okay? But it could still buy eight quarts of wheat. Twenty-four quarts of, of barley, but not during these times. Famine. Devastation. Let me ask you this. Can you imagine bread costing 16 to $20 a loaf? You might say, well, I can't imagine such a thing. Let's go, let's go back a little bit. Maybe my math is wrong. How many in this room can remember bread costing 50 cents? That's a lot of people. That wasn't back like in the Depression or nothing. That wasn't that long ago, really. Not in the scope of time. So eight times 50 cents is how much? Four dollars. I can't imagine a loaf of bread costing four dollars. I ain't been to the store lately, have I? 
How many have seen $4 bread lately? Look at the hands in this room. What I'm saying, guys, do I know what I'm talking about? Probably not. I'm trying to make sense of it. All I'm trying to say, though, guys, we've been heading this way for a while. And it seems like just in the last all, we saw it with our own eyes just in the last year and a half. Two years, COVID happens, businesses shut down. What? Who said their business? Businesses going out of business now, bankrupt. Family split. School board meetings. School board trying to take over the job of parents. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Truckers being arrested in Canada. Not just arrested, their bank accounts frozen. Is that true or false? Are you kidding me? And that was from a weak leader, Trudeau. Wow. I mean, these are crazy times. Yes or no? Well, you've got a lot of reasons to not like me today, which is just fine. Spell my name right. What's this mean? A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. Now, more expensive food items won't be in short supply because most people won't be able to afford them anyway. Y'all hear me or not? That's where this last phrase comes in. Hurt not the oil or wine. That was all in that passage I just read. Although oil and wine provide additional nutritional value and were staples in the Middle Eastern diet, an average man will spend all he has on flour for bread. Now you might say, Clark, what are you doing? Well, I tried to break down that verse for you. And I think now when you look at that verse, he sat on a, a black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand and talks about the wheat and the barley and don't hurt the oil or wine. Unless you just ain't been listening to me, you should know better what that passage speaks of now. Yes or no? Last days, black horse, famine, devastation. Wow, I'm wore out. Famine has a face. I want you to look at it. Do you see what famine looks like? I can talk about being from Rockingham. And you could talk about being in your place you grew up. But we've never seen anything like this. Y'all hear me? That's what the last days will be like. So, how'd that make you feel? Not good. <laughs> That's why Joel Olstein will never give this message. I'm just saying. He's smarter than me. He's smarter than me, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I had an had editor of a paper come up to me, an editor of a local paper, and he said, did you read my article the other day? I said, no. He said, you never read my stuff. Anyway, he said, things I'll never see. And he wrote a big article on things I'll never see. He's a friend of mine. And one of the things he wrote is that he said, things I'll never see. And he comes to this church, my church, our church. He said, things I'll never see. I'm being ugly right now. As Joel Austin saying, if you can't give cheerfully, keep it. That's terrible. That was in the paper the other day. That was terrible. I'm horrible, ain't I? Anyway, you had to laugh after this message, didn't you? Pretty rough. Well, Pastor, what does all this have to do with me? 
If we're living in times like this, why would you even take the time to talk about it? Wouldn't we be better with a more hopeful message? Most of my messages are hopeful. I try. That's our problem, guys. We don't want to hear the Word of God anymore. Behold, the days will come, says the Lord God, that I'll send a famine in the land. And it's not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the Word of the Lord. And that's where we've been living and are living now in our world. There's been a famine. People like me in another church would be fired this afternoon because of the message I preached this morning. Can you believe that? Isn't that sad? Yes or no? They shall wander to and fro from sea to shining sea, I almost want to say there. That's quite a prophecy. From the north even to the east, they shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord, and they shall not find it. We give messages like this so that you want to get into the Word of God. You want to eat the Word of God. You want to read the Word of God. You want to live the Word of God in your life. Y'all hear me or not? That's why I give messages like this. You've been seeing the news and all that mess. Well, why don't you look in the Bible and maybe you can make sense of a little bit of your world. Maybe it will motivate you to quit being bitter. To watch your mouth when you go to the store and you're working with somebody. We need to be great ambassadors of, of Jesus Christ. We're the light of the world. He didn't call us darkness. He called us light. That's why I give messages like this. Let's get personal real quick. Darkness or light? Which characterizes your life today? This is a condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. What characterizes your life? Darkness or light? Just from what we study today, if darkness characterizes your life, there is a famine in your life. There's a famine. You are starving to death spiritually. That's not God's will for your life. God's will for my life is for me to shine. Amen? So my question is, have you been transported from darkness to light? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Well, I go to church and... That's not the Bible. I, I, you know, I give money, so I'm going to go to heaven. That's not in the Bible. Here's the answer. Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. I believe He died on the cross and He rose from the dead. That's the only way I'm getting out of here going there. That's the answer right there. Got it? Praise the Lord. Good. That's the answer. So where are you at today? Don't leave here lost. Actually... Everything I said today, I believe. So if you don't like what I said, now maybe I said it a little something ain't just right. I, get, I make mistakes. But this is what I believe. I believe we're living in the last days. Do I believe that this could be? I do. Why wouldn't I? Am I sure? Nope. But do I believe it? Yep. Y'all hear me or not? That's not a discouraging message. I'm going to go be with the Lord. I'm seeing that 2,000 years ago, he's prophesying truth. And by the way, guys, I don't think this could have happened 
necessarily before the time right now in which we live. We are a one world right now. Yes or no? I'm going to ask you, how many, how many only in this room? You don't, don't, don't just, just raise your hand up and down. You never, ever use anything but cash. You never use a bank. You don't have a bank. You don't use a bank. You ain't got nothing to do with no bank. All you do is cash. That's all you do. No credit card, no bank. That's all you do is bank. You, you don't use anything but cash. Can I see any hands? I'm looking. There might have been one, and you're like seven. We live in a world... Where if Zuckerberg don't like it, or Gates don't like it, I hate for you. I know you don't like me for saying this. We live in a world right now where you can be shut down. We've never lived in a time like this we live in right now. You mean my assets can be seized? Absolutely. A message like this would be, would be banned on Facebook. It could be banned later today. These are crazy times. Brethren, though, look at the scripture. You're not in darkness. That this day should overtake you as a thief. And I know a lot of you, as I'm reading this today, I can watch your faces. You're like probably bored with me because you're totally in agreement with this. You've studied it. You've seen it. You've heard it. But a lot of people haven't. So we need to tell them. You were sometimes darkness. But say it with me. But now you're what? I am light in the Lord because of my faith in Jesus Christ. So what is His command for me? For me to do what? Walk as what? Y'all hear me? There you go. We're done, Raji, with these four things. They're not long. So how do I make these last days my best days? Isn't that what we want? Here they are. Say them with me. Say it with me. I want to shine for Jesus Christ. How about that? How about that? Say. I choose that over darkness. How about that? Let's try another one. Say it with me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? So I can flop like a chicken? No. That's made up mess. Being filled with the Spirit means you want Him to come alongside you in your life and comfort you during these times. And you want to be a comfort to other people. That's the life I want to live. I want to live that kind of life where I can put my arm. I was up here about five rows back and I said, hey, doll. And she went, wow, doll. That's who I want to be. To see your smile. When I put my arm around you, I don't know if you could be going through something today, but I know I didn't hurt it. Y'all hear me? I want to be comfort to people and a blessing. Number three, say it with me, last days. I want to be. How many of messes like this today, you're not even going to be able to turn and speak it on hardly and not thank God, right? How many are going to look at a loaf of bread differently? Yes or no? You think a message like this might help you shine your light a little bit better? See why we give them, Mike? Last one. Say it with me. I want to love others. 
That's a good, good word for us today. Sure choice, darkness or light. I choose light, baby. Say that with me. I choose what? Let's thank the Lord. We're done. It's 12 o'clock. Let's go. Come on. Praise the Lord. Boo! I got a pizza party. Come on, let's stand up. Don't run out on me unless you got to go to work or something. You're killing me. Come on. Come on. Help me here. Help me here. Well, hopefully you learned something today. Amen? How many say I learned something, Pastor? You didn't have to like it, but you learned something. <laughs> Amen. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Amen. Makes me feel like I'm still valuable then. Let's pray together. Come on. Hang on. Looks like a fire. Quit it. Lord, thank you for this good morning. Thank you for this time in the Word. Thank you for letting us just break down three or four verses in the book of Revelation that certainly can be scary, hard to understand. Thank you for the Word of God, that we actually have a copy of it, that we can read it. A lot of people in the world don't even have that. So, Lord, we take a message like this. Help us to live for you. Perfect love has cast out fear in our life. I do not fear hell because hell ain't my home and the devil ain't my daddy. You're my father and you've given unto me eternal life and I shall never perish. But Lord, I'm still here and we're still here and you've called us to live called us light. You've called us salt. You've called us friend. You've called us witness. So help us in these last days, at least last days of our life, to live our life for Jesus Christ. And Lord, for folks here today, if they died, they don't know they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray today they'd humble themselves. I pray every one of us in this room would humble ourselves. I pray not one person will go in that car when they leave here and think they're going to heaven because they're a good person. Or they're going to heaven because they just went to church. I pray that every one of us will make sure in our heart, down in our gut, that Jesus Christ, you're our Savior and you're our Lord and you are the one that we have our total confidence in. Cause it to be so today, Lord, in our heart. Help our stubbornness and pride right now as we're fighting the message of Christ. Holy Spirit, help us. We pray in Jesus' name. With heads bowed, I'd like to lead you in a prayer today where you can actually talk to the Lord. And you can do this without me. I just do it to try to help you. And I don't want you to leave here lost. Would you pray with me today, Lord Jesus? I know I'm a sinner. I'm not good enough to go to heaven. But I've been bad enough to go to hell for sure. And Jesus, I want you to know I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning toward you. You died on the cross for me and for my sin. You rose from the dead so that I could have everlasting life. And I'm putting my absolute confidence in you. I'm not putting it in Pastor Gary. I'm not putting it in a church. I'm not putting it in myself. I place my total faith and confidence in you. You're the only way to God the Father. You're the way, the truth, and the life. Come into my life and live through me. 
I'm never going to say again. Never going to say again. Oh, it's me. That's why I'm going to heaven. I'm good enough. That's not happening again. I put my faith and trust in you, Jesus Christ. Save me today, I pray. In Jesus' name. How many with a hand raised? Not to embarrass you, just encourage you. How many said, Pastor Gary, I said that prayer. Boy, did I ever mean it. I nailed that. Can I see your hand up and down all across the place today? God bless you today. That's another reason we preach a message like this. We want to tell you about Christ. Lord, thank you for a great day. Help us as we go our way. Help us to not walk in darkness, but to be children of light. Use us, we pray. May we shine bright in a pretty pretty dark world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be good, guys. Have a great, great, great day. See you later. Amen. Thank you for being here. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Did you get the TV working or no? You did? Good. I've been that busy. I ain't ain't seen straight.